0: Emily. Anyways, uh, Stevie and I were just discussing mommy issues. (laughs) (laughs) Because we got a question about mommy issues and then we realized we don't know anything about mommy issues. So we're going to do some reading and um, maybe some intense self-reflecting and get back to you on that. Yeah, this might be very
1: revealing for both of us, but like more concerningly revealing for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're here to learn and share. It's a safe space. I am
1: very willing to do some soul searching to answer this mommy issues question. Doing
0: the work for you. It's beautiful. Yeah,
1: I'm ready. The reason that came up was because I'm um, can I just say it? It's really funny. Yeah, go ahead. So that video of Jillian when she's like, do you know even do you know what that's from?
0: She was doing some kind of like web meet yeah. and greet
1: thing. She was doing like basically like a Zoom meet and greet, but, but like, like, like it was when random. technology was shit. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly the Wi-Fi in her hotel was shit.
0: Yeah. And
1: so the, that video of her where she is like waiting for someone to come on and she goes wait a second i gotta go get some water so she like runs up and go get some water and comes back and then she notices that there's a picture of sean connery or painting of sean connery on her wall in the hotel mm-hmm. that she's at and she makes a note of saying that like she you know she basically says, I would fuck Sean Connery, but I wouldn't have a picture of him on my wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stevie pointed out how Sean Connery played her father in playing by
0: Heart <laughs> Because daddy issues, which, of course, segued into mommy issues. And you know what? I think everybody's got a little bit of both. I think so as well. Yep. Just got issues, maybe. Yep. We just finished recording the beginning segment of our last episode um so you're hearing us at like all different times all different slots uh yeah. today was inauguration day we talked a little bit about that before but why and i'm just gonna say stop
1: idolizing politicians stop yeah idolizing <laughs> them and stop talking about how you want to eat their ass stop <laughs> sexualizing them okay it makes me so
0: uncomfortable i have a serious question yeah is it okay to sexualize political commentators?
1: like journalists yeah like jake what do you what do you think my answer is gonna be yeah Yeah. jake Tapper was like that's very different
0: because they're not the ones making the laws for our well-being right absolutely not correct yeah Yeah. and i'm a journalist i just want to do some self-reflection i want
1: yeah i'm i i'm a journalist i yeah and i want people to appreciate me for how sexy i am
0: hell yeah and it's not saying that you can't say a political figure is sexy but like maybe let's maybe let's like
1: it's bad when it traverses into idolization because yeah. of how sexy they are. Like, is Kamala Harris beautiful? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, she's hot. Is she, but
0: so, um, but <laughs> fucking pro cop and put trans women in men's prison. Yeah, yeah,
1: a little bit, a little bit.
0: Yep. So, so uh, <laughs> let's keep that in focus. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just remember
1: that these people work for us. <laughs>
0: let's and focus uh, a little bit.
1: Maybe focus on Bernie Sanders' mittens. Yep. and about how they were made out of composted 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 and re- recycled materials yeah um and uh you know make sure that Biden gets uh some covid relief yeah. asap
0: and it's like i i get the i'm not saying that people can't fucking celebrate right now because i think everybody's oh, desperately needing an outlet to actually totally. feel happy and hopeful as you yep. should absolutely um it's just keeping things in focus, you know. Just keeping things in focus. Just, just thinking about stuff. So, <clears throat> what we're doing for this episode is we're doing something different. Okay. Let's talk about it. We are combining Dwayne Barry and Ascension because it's basically one big long episode, and it's not really going to make sense apart. And like, this is kind of like the biggest issue around like what prompted us to make the podcast was like this is the core, the beginning of that.
1: Yeah. Really. And so. It's the first arc. Yeah, it's okay. the first
0: arc of like the yeah. really infuriating storylines that made us want to um, get on a microphone and talk about it angrily. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're not going to do a question in the beginning and we're not going to do Jillian's Corner. We're just going to bulldoze through these two episodes and really try to get through it with our sanity mm-hmm. intact. So join mm. us. Keep going. <laughs> no. Okay. Let's go. All right. So we're starting with Dwayne Barry. Whew. I have a
1: joke. Hit me with it. Mommy, uh, hurry. Dwayne Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. <laughs> actually, there is actually a beginning to that joke and I don't remember what it is, but I watched this episode with my mom and all I kept saying was Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. So. <laughs>
0: Dwayne the bathtub. <laughs> drowning.
1: Okay. So I brought it here. Anyways.
0: Okay. That was Well done. So we open in Virginia, right? We see a brief look into what Mulder's future would have been like if he never met Scully in a rowdy apartment, watching TV, you know, by yourself. There's bright lights, there's rumbling, aliens at the bedside of some hairy man, UFO credits. <laughs> Perfect. So then we see the same man again this is Dwayne Barry. He's at a correctional facility and he goes in to talk to a doctor to discuss how he's been refusing to take his medicine. Medicine that he's supposed to take so he doesn't quote unquote hurt anybody again. Right? Okay. Seems like medicine you should have. Yes. Then <laughs> Dwayne Barry starts saying that he's not crazy, but he's saying this in the third person, which really isn't helping his case.
1: <laughs> Sounds like something <laughs> yeah. a crazy person.
0: <laughs> Dwayne Barry's not crazy. Yeah, a little bit. But then he starts freaking the fuck out and he says they're coming again. Um... And the doctor goes to give him a shot because God forbid you talk to anybody about how they're feeling. And then the doctor turns turns around and Gwen is out the door. He's fucking gone. He booked it. (laughs) He's taking the security guard's gun and then he takes the doctor hostage and leaves. Oh, God. Here we go. Cut to a swimming pool. Yep. Let's see. (laughs) Okay. Keep going. (laughs) David Duchovny's whole cock guest stars, and honestly, where is its Emmy? Because that curved penis made me feel more than David's acting has in thirty episodes.
1: I don't think anything that that nothing that we say from this point forward will top what you just said. Thank you. Ever, but it's so true. Like, wow.
0: So like you know how when Emily just goes in and like praises a Scully look and talks about everything from, from her eyeshadow and freckles to like blazer and shoe color, um, that's what I'm gonna do with the scene right now. So bear with me.
1: Let's do it. If you I'm hate ready. the thought
0: of um Cox, just go ahead and skip ahead.
1: Maybe like do like a little fifteen seconds. A little ahead.
0: Maybe a little longer. Maybe
1: thirty. Well, like twice. You know.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he says, "Hey, Crichton, what's up?" And he climbs up the ladder. Water is dripping off of his body. He fully has a six-pack, which doesn't matter to me normally. But in this case, it's like the subtle kind. Like when he breathes, you can see it. And Mm -hmm.
1: I'm with
0: you. Mm -hmm. So he has goggles around his neck, which was a good choice. Because on the head would have been just bad. Would have been stupid looking. Would would have ruined the whole look. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He's in a very small Speedo. And when I say very small, David's Speedo. It's literally his personal Speedo. That he uses for swimming. I fucking mm. know that. When I say tiny, I mean like it's below his hip bones. So you can see the the, the V muscle. The again.
1: only thing that's holding it in place is his dick. His hips are literally not holding it in place. Like the only thing holding it in place is
0: his dick. His dick is tucked to the left. And the speedo <laughs> is so tight because of the water <laughs> that I literally made a note for me to breathe. I'm going to breathe. <laughs> you can see every bridge and oh, you can boy. see the head.
1: <laughs> oh I can't and wait I can't wait until we get to uh episodes where Scully's in a white tank top thank you for giving me the space to do this oh my god I'm loving um, every
0: second of this this is so fascinating to me so I'm, I i was gonna no one asked me to but I'm rating it here I said I'm giving it <laughs> A 10 out of 10, because one, not too big, that's important to me. You don't want huge, that it hurts. Yeah. Um, clearly right. curved. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen homeboy stroke game, so. <sighs> oh my God.
1: <laughs> Honestly, sweating. not to like, not to like, you know, talk about David Duchovny's dick for too long, but like I- really, that's the highlight of this episode. Yeah. Um, Thank you all for bearing with me. But like, wow. Wow. So,
0: yeah, so then he ruffles his hair with his towel um and that was really hot. Um and then they talked about something but I don't really know what they said. So we're going to move on to the next scene. Okay. They were speaking here. But like Crychek, I don't know how he didn't look down. I feel like Crychek looked down as soon as he got out of the pool. Did I was looking for it.
1: It's really funny because Stevie and I were talking about the scene before we recorded and we said if Scully was there, she would oh. have been the embodiment of I am looking directly at it and she wouldn't <laughs> have been ashamed.
0: No. God, I wish that she was there. Good for her. Jillian clearly wishes she was there by the amount that she brings up the Red speed apparently. in interviews. She's mad we, that she missed it.
1: Can we um, put that, that clip from when she was uh, in that like yellow and black and white? dress promoting this show that we're talking about she's on the red carpet she's interviewing with e Mm -hmm. with e news and somehow i think maybe the interviewer asks like is there any scene that david shot as molder that you wish that you could have shot yes 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 we can put and jillian goes uh i wish that i could have worn the what did she say? She's like, I wish I could have worn the red Speedo or done that, done the red Speedo scene. Um, except for I wouldn't have looked as stacked as David or something like that. And she's, then she was like, I can't believe I just
0: said that out loud. Anyway. She clearly has a fascination on it because she like stuffed her own red Speedo and put it on as when she was on set as Stella. So like- I saw that. Yeah, I did see that. And honestly understandable. We can post that too. Okay. Okay, so- Wow, oh, thank you for giving me that I space. Wish you did not bring that picture. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to be in pain alone, you know. So, uh, they go to a hostage situation. Who knows how they got there? I don't know what they said before that, but they go. Um, they go to find Dwayne Barry holding someone hostage. We love a black woman in charge, and I really like this actress because she's in multiple episodes, and her name is Lucy, and I love that.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So, she is like the head of um, hostage. Control or whatever the fuck. And she tells them that Dwayne is armed and that he's trying to take a doctor to an alien abduction site um, that he doesn't know the location of. Um, and he's taking multiple hostages at this point. So they send Mulder in to like try to be his friend and appeal to his sense of reason because Mulder has a background with alien abductions. I don't know if you've seen the show, but he knows a lot about it. Um, and Mulder is like, No, I really want to know about his experience. And they're like, Hey, don't get caught up in that. But of course he does. Um, so Mulder calls in the, and so Mulder calls Dwayne, who's holding all the people hostage. And in the beginning, Dwayne is just like screaming. And he seems to know a lot about the whole process of doing a negotiation. And Mulder's pissed that they didn't tell him that Dwayne is actually former FBI. Mulder is like, have you ever spoke into an abductee? Do you want to know what they do to a woman's ovaries? Which is like, okay, so we're going to, we're starting this. It's, it's beginning. Um. And then it's one of my favorite moments, Ember, when Crycheck comes up on his fucking high horse and he's like, is there anything I can do? And she says, yeah, do you have your notepad? He's like, yeah. She lifts off her fucking coffee order like a goddamn queen. Go get me coffee, bitch. That's the best part of that and the Speedo, best parts of the episode. And
1: also when Scully shows up.
0: Obviously then Mulder finally calls her baby and she's been watching the hostage stuff on TV and Mulder asks her to find information on Dwayne Barry and his history and then the lights go out and they get really bright again and there's a bunch of gunshots and like one of the hostages got shot. So they get Mulder and a medic to go in and um basically during all of this Mulder does what he does best, which is get blinded by his personal desperation to find proof of alien abductions, and he identifies way too much with Dwayne Barry, and even though Lucy's in his ear the whole time saying explicitly not to do that. So Dwayne trades the injured guy for Mulder and now Mulder's hostage. So Scully calls and is like, I need to talk to my baby. And Crycheck Tra- is like, no, uh, yeah, he's he's a hostage now. And she's like, that's really bad. And so they don't do anything. So she shows up pissed as fuck as she should. And then crycheck mm-hmm. tells her to calm down. And she yells in his face.
1: Idiot. I was just going to say when Scully called, like before she showed up, she, when she was at her desk, the way that her lips look in the lamp light <laughs> on her desk. Mm-hmm. We just have to post a picture. Nothing that I say will do it justice. It's like, wow, I'm on my knees.
0: We'll post a stunning picture. Um,
1: and then also just like the way that not only Mulder is overly identifying with Dwayne Barry, but that Dwayne Barry is also able and given the space that he is to process what happened to him and to process the trauma of having shit put inside of him non-consensually. Yeah. Like just the fact that he's able to have this space to express all of that in one episode is like...
0: It's fucking mind-blowing.
1: And I think it's so boring to me. Like, this whole episode is really boring because it's so unfounded. Yeah. Like, this is the this is the um, somewhat manic expression, even, of trauma that Scully should have been awarded at some point. Yes. But it's like, no one cares about him. It's, like, he's meaningless. So why are we watching him process it like this? I
0: felt the same about the last episode, Sleepless, where yeah. um, it's like, these people are exploring their the traumas of being violated and taken, and we don't even know them. Yep. So fucked up. That's a really good point. So she rips Crycheck a new asshole, as she fucking should, because fucking told her to calm down. And Lucy comes over and is like, whoa, this seems serious. A woman is not being taken seriously. Let me swoop in. And Scully's like, I have vital information to your investigation. And she tells them that Dwayne Barry is actually in a rare state of psychosis because he was shot in his frontal lobe in the line of duty. So the moral center of his brain is completely destroyed. So there's literally no actual way to negotiate or reason with him. So Lucy asks how she got involved with this. And she's like, Mulder called me. We used to work together. And I'm like, rein it in, bitch. Come on, girl. You were keeping it together so well. So then Lucy is like, yeah, Mulder totally bought into everything that he's saying, and he's really emotionally involved. So Scully hops on the line while Dwayne Barry is telling him um, about the abduction site on some mountain. That'll come into play later. He says, ascending to the stars. Um,
1: Which is like when she puts on the headset and she says, Mulder, it's me. (laughs) Chills. Wow. Chills. For him too. I bet. Yeah.
0: Dick chills. Sorry. (laughs)
1: Homeboy got chills all the way down to his dick, as he should.
0: So she gets on there with her little headset, and she says, you can't trust him. He's a brain-damaged psychopath who took a bullet to the head, end quote. So he actually listens to Scully because he's in love with her, which was nice to see. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then she says, that's good. That's really good, Mulder. And I just want to sit with that line for a second. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Anyways when (laughs) are you good it's a good one huh it's
1: (laughs) it's so weird because normally in fic like when she I take it back no whatever I was about to say is a lie when she in fic is like telling him what to do it's literally my weakness like I wish you prepared me. I wish you told me you were going to say that. I forgot that
0: it was in my notes completely or I would have. I'm really sorry.
1: Okay, let's let's just let's pretend like it never happened. Let's Okay,
0: so the women get let go of and I just want to say that one of them stops and says <laughs> I just want to say That i believe you and i think it's so interesting how martyred (laughs) these men are because no one believes them when women go their whole fucking lives being gaslighted but of course it's not explored at all because poor men who aren't believed how horrible that must be Mm, suck my dick like (laughs) over
1: it seriously that was so unnecessary i was like
0: bitch just leave What do you mean? What are you doing? Just leave. God. Mulder starts to get really mad because he feels like he's being deceived and his ego's been hurt. So Dwayne starts to lose it. So Mulder's like, go lock the door. And then they shoot him. (laughs) Honestly,
1: they should have aimed for his fucking heart.
0: I know. God. They should have killed him when they had the chance.
1: Literally. Why didn't they shoot his head? Idiots. Even though they, like moments prior, they were aimed for his neck, which absolutely would have killed him. I know. So who
0: fucked up? Someone who hates Dana Scully. Apparently. So Scully then comforts Mulder outside the ambulance because, of course, cut to the hospital where Dwayne Barry is. Um, Lucy then has to suck up her pride and thank Mulder, even though he didn't listen to a single thing that she said to do, which is dumb, but whatever. So then... They did find evidence of all of the torture Dwayne Berry described when they did all the tests on him. So Mulder gives Scully one of the implants that they found in him for her to take to have analyzed, and they say there's some really strange, very delicate markings on it, like it's a very weird piece of metal. When when
1: they're talking about the piece of metal that mm-hmm. was in Dwayne Berry... the. the it's becoming more and more obvious obviously obviously now that Jillian is like heavily heavily pregnant She's so
0: heavily pregnant
1: but it's like the only good thing to come of Jillian having to be pregnant on television Aside from her like obviously being perfect and swollen and beautiful in every way, is the fact that her belly made it so that they had to film like a million ultra close-ups of her perfect face. Like, do you ever notice how whenever she's on camera now, like very rarely do you even see like her shoulders? It's always like
0: so up close. And you're like, Yes. Um <laughs> so baby girl goes to the grocery store. And when the cashier isn't looking, she scans the metal just to, like, see what happens because she's a little rebel. And the machine the goes – The cashier is like, did you touch something? She's like, "She's mm-hmm, like, no, not me. Bye, thanks. And this, the machine goes, like, literally insane. Um, so then, like, this wake du- wakes Dwayne Barry up because um, it's, like, alerting him to her location and, like, the abduction site. I don't really know. It's all very out there. So he breaks out of the hospital very violently. And very easily. Very easily. Too easily. A little bit. For somebody who just had people hostage. It almost
1: was reminiscent of how those white supremacists broke into the U.S.
0: Capitol. Oh, my God. It was. So funny. Same level of security. Literally. So cut to Scully's house she's calling Mulder, being like, what the hell is this? Like, something strange just happened, and I feel like this is, like, a cataloging device. And there's a noise at her window. It's Dwayne Berry being fucking terrifying. Like, opening your blinds to a face is one of my biggest fears. Then just... Then there's yelling, and she's yelling for Mulder and is taken. And it says, to be continued.
1: I also... Felt like this was the beginning of like, so I didn't know that Mulder knew that in abductions that women had their ova stolen. I didn't either. I didn't know that he knew that. And yet he still acts very shocked when he finds Scully later, later on, he yeah. finds Scully's later on. Yeah. And then he still doesn't tell her like, and that. Warrants even less sympathy for him from me because there was like the tiniest bit of sympathy that I had for like maybe he was so shocked, like he just didn't know what to do and like he didn't know how to tell, but he he clearly knew knew that that was something that could happen. And so, like, he goes back to this foundational trope of like concealing vital information necessary for a woman to make her own autonomous choices and just have general autonomy out of the male ego driven desire to stake claim on a woman through the veil of protecting her
0: oh my and it's fuck, like go off that
1: is this is like the fact that he knew is even yeah. more fuel to that to that fire.
0: And like what it's showing is that the writers just threw this in and didn't consider that he would tell her.
1: Absolutely. Like it
0: wasn't a consideration until it became a plot point. That they were like, oh yeah, she doesn't know yet, so we have to throw that in because we forgot to tell her. Yep. That was really good. That was a great point.
1: Now let's move on to this poopy, shitty, All right. stinky
0: episode. So now we're going into ascension.
1: I hate this. You episode. were right that truly,
0: like, nothing important happened in that last one.
1: More like ass sension.
0: So, we open on Mulder's apartment. He's checking his phone. He gets her message. This would be a terrifying message to get. Like, I can't fathom oh, totally. the, just, like, the way your stomach would drop at that. Especially having missed the call. Like, oh, my yeah, God. I know. So, he hears um, all the noises of her gasping and screaming, and he runs out. He doesn't even wait to the end. And I'm like, that's smart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, her screams are really unsettling. <laughs> a little bit he rushes to her apartment cops are already there he sees her broken window and blood on the window and he looks like he's ready to kill um pretty much yeah so it flashes so like as Mulder's going through the crime scene it like kind of shows him piecing together what happened through flashbacks um definitely didn't need to see this could have been written around completely literally absolutely not necessary
1: Okay, this is my first note and like I kind of get into it a little bit. Go.
0: Do it. Get into it.
1: But like there's two two uh parts to this, right? Mm-hmm. The first part obviously is the fact that Jillian was fucking 8 months pr- like 9 months weeks, weeks away from yep. giving birth. And in her 30 things that she remembered about the x-files one of the things that she said that she remembered was quote lying on the floor eight months pregnant and being pushed by someone across the floor to simulate crawling because i was so big and my belly was in the way and i couldn't do it myself the fact that jillian even had to film those scenes
0: when it wasn't even
1: necessary this whole beginning struck me as such torture porn Yes, And making the abduction not so much about Scully's kidnapping and the trauma surrounding that, but about how it will set Mulder back, about how much it upsets him to know that this happened to her in gruesome detail.
0: The whole thing is framed about how it's making Mulder feel rather than totally. the fact that she was just attacked. Right, because from an audience's perspective,
1: just the vo- hearing the voicemail, would have been, and that's it, and not knowing what happened, would have been 10 times more terrifying than actually seeing what happened to her.
0: It's so unnecessary. It's like absolutely ridiculous. Throughout
1: this episode, there are instances where unnecessarily gruesome details are placed and Mm. Mulder has a reflective moment on them as Mm. to say, um, this is Mulder facing the pain that he has caused another woman in
0: his life and how he's reckoning with that which is not the story I'm interested in me either and it's like that's fine to do that in the moment because I know that they're accommodating to the fact that she's having a baby and they had to figure out a way to get her off the show for a bit um but you need to follow up if he's gonna have this much reflection about her trauma you need to have that in tenfold with her reflecting after the fact yep and healing through it exactly in order for it to be balanced and i was just thinking about how when he's like going through the crime scene like this could be any case totally it could be yeah. any case of him putting it together like this detective solving it not the co-star of the show literally
1: Literally, yeah um because it ju- it's it's just showing it that it's not It's not to say how horrible Scully's being treated, but to say, look at the pain Mulder now has to go through knowing what's happened to her and the acting, the writing, the, how they shot it, the plot all react accordingly playing into that, into that dynamic. Yep. Um, And so maybe when people question why, people tend to focus more on Scully's trauma than Mulder's trauma in Mm the show Mm -hmm. um, and act like it's a competition. Um, I think maybe we reflect more on Scully's trauma than Mulder's because Scully's trauma was hijacked by Mulder's savior complex. Uh And as a result, her own psychological processes of uh, grief and trauma and distress weren't really shown because that would have affected the image that Chris Carter had intended for her, that Mulder had intended for her. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it goes back to that thing of like, if a man cries, it's brave. If a woman cries, she's weak. And, and just plays into how women are restricted in what we can feel and express in order to survive in a patriarchy. And this entire plot line just plays into that, like the strong woman trope. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought that the, the ending with, like, Scully's necklace, with her cross necklace and everything, was a weird inclusion. And in the end, um, Mulder gives Maggie Scully or tries to give her uh, Scully's cross. And he's right. like, if she wore this, how could she be so skeptical? And Maggie doesn't really give him an answer. And so, like, I thought that that was such a weird thing to bring up. But then if you're not going to just- explore it exactly and it's just the fact it's just the fact that like scully was her sanctification and her religion only served as like convenient as a convenient plot point to like fit her into these different tropes like Mm -hmm. it didn't actually serve as any any anything beyond that and it actually dehumanized her in a way because it made her it made her um fill in the very rational stereotype person who's always in control um the person who's always the strongest one
0: mm-hmm. it's like they didn't build a three-dimensional human being with scully they'd had a piece of clay that they molded to fit whatever was most convenient for the plot without any consistency
1: and that molds into a like a 20-dimensional character which doesn't exist
0: exactly He's it's not like-
1: real the, yes. the woman that they tried to make Scully does not exist mm-hmm. that's the they, they created the ideal woman for a man, which is that a woman who, that would fit into any scenario and who wants her to have no emotional needs of her own and completely focus on his and cater to his exclusively.
0: Oh my God, go off
1: and so that somehow both speaks to um Scully and also this broader hijacking of Scully's trauma plot yeah. and this whole arc by Mulder's emotional needs that he's been neglecting this whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, you nailed any it. sense. Oh, tra- Emily, don't do that. I chose perfect. Because so- I had all of these points that I was just like writing down and then I tried to like put them all together.
0: That was literally perfect don't question it it's perfect so we so like through these flashbacks we see dwayne berry punch through the window we see her fall to the floor it's not a stunt double it's her yeah we see her crawling on the floor reaching for her gun yelling for molder and dwayne Barry dragging her she reaches for the phone and he stomps on it and it's just it just wasn't necessary as we just lamented on so maggie scully shows up fucking love her She's really upset, understandably. Mulder is like she isn't here, um, and then now it's the credits. And this time, it, at the truth is out. Instead of the truth is out there, it says deny everything. Lmao. And I just want to say too,
1: like Maggie Scully's pain is nearly unbearable for me to watch. Me too. Like, the actress does such an incredibly breathtaking job. I
0: love at, Maggie
1: Scully at like embodying this, this like very specifically motherly. Care, this distanced worry, but just such like a profound innate um, love for her daughter, and like in such a little scene,
0: because they don't care to explore it, even it's though just... that would one hundred percent be more interesting.
1: And that she is the one who who has lost first something. and foremost has lost something and has the right to react the way that she that she did
0: it's like i I get into this later but it's like Mulder has a right to be upset because his partner who he cares immensely about is lost and like it's partially his fault right Mm -hmm. that is valid it's it's the framing every event that happens to her as as a catalyst for his own self-reflection and growth he (laughs) grows from her trauma she does not that is exactly that is precisely the issue so so Maggie is crying and saying that she had this dream about Dana being taken away, and it just breaks my heart. It's, and yeah, and also that whole family absolutely has premonitions and visions. Like Maggie, Melissa, and Scully, they absolutely. all do. And like yeah. women are so powerful. Anyways,
1: their intuition is off the charts.
0: Off the fucking charts. It's so beautiful. Um, at least that. I know it's because it's a stereotype that women are intuitive and, like, just have these feelings that they can't trust, but, like, they were right, whatever. Um, but, like, the shit's fucking powerful. So, like, even if it's Absolutely. being portrayed through the male gaze, I'm happy it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to Skinner briefing a group who I'm assuming will be working to find her. Mulder's really upset about the whole thing, and um, he's not shaved, so I'm a fan. Anyways, uh, I'll be mad <laughs> at him later, so I can, I can thirst. Um, Mulder is... Um, Like, the biggest question is how he got to her in the first place. And he said that she had a piece of metal that could have had something to do with it. Um, Then him and Skinner have, like, a standoff because he doesn't want Mulder on the case because, one, he's too close, and, two, he hasn't slept, which, valid. So Crycheck, like, takes him home because Mulder always needs a fucking babysitter. I just want to say, too, like...
1: These fucking dipshit men making jokes about aliens just to tease Mulder, despite the fact that there's a whole FBI agent that's been kidnapped from her home. And
0: they're like, Like, Mulder, you're so spooky. Shut the
1: fuck up. Like, there is a suspect lack of passion and interest in her kidnapping and disappearance Mm. and a little too much enthusiasm in teasing Mulder.
0: Yep. Like, yes. Yes
1: take this opportunity not to, get all, not to get at all the possible details of how Scully was taken and the danger she could be in. Take this as a moment to once again show how ridiculed Mulder and his theories are. That's yeah. what this moment is for. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so... Like, oh. like, it just always
1: seemed, whenever they got together, it was like, this is a chance for me to shit on Fox Mulder.
0: Yeah. And it's like, do you not care that an FBI agent has been kidnapped from her home? well it's like the characters don't care but then it also gets to like the writing the writing doesn't care either they're like oh yeah no this is just i cannot i
1: i can't imagine but they fucking care about dwayne barry
0: having flashbacks to his trauma and they care about the soldiers and sleepless having parts of their brain taken out enough to lament for episode entire episode about it but this they cannot seem to muster the energy to care i'm more angry about this than i thought it was i so angry. So, cut to Dwayne driving Scully's car, listening to oddly happy music. That's always a really effective creative device for me is when, like, murderers are listening to cheery music and, like, it's, like, in the scene. That's one of my favorite things. I think it's, like, I have if to show have turned it off in scene, I'm,
1: like, ooh. I have to show you a scene from The Handmaid's Tale. Remind me. Okay. Remind me to show you that. Okay, well, that does that.
0: Okay. Well, um, he's driving really rough and she's in the trunk, so that's cute. I know she's not actually in the trunk, but, like, the thought of Scully back there is, like, i know totally yeah so he's driving insane so he gets pulled over <laughs> of course the apb for dwayne Barry goes out while the cop is talking to him so he doesn't hear it um but nonetheless the cop quickly realizes that this dude is not with it and is up to something bad capital b um and so then we see scully in the trunk tied up while this exchange is happening again it's not necessary but we do so she starts making noise and then Dwayne Barry shoots the cop. So Dwayne gets pulled, gets out and opens the trunk to just look at her for a minute. And then they, the and then through that, Mulder sees through like the footage on the, the cop's dash cam that she's in the trunk. But like, the, it, again, just not necessary. I'm going to try to remain
1: very calm to get through this point because I think this is one of the most important points like, of this episode that, that I think captures why it infuriates me so okay, much. Go, and please. I'm sure why it infuriates you. Go. One, right, the literal panic that seeing Scully in a trunk sent me into. Like, yes, Jillian, I love you. You're an incredible actress. But, like, maybe this one time you could have just toned it down a little bit because it really freaked me the fuck out.
0: Oh, with her acting? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, you don't—you already don't like watching content like that. Exactly. Like, so of course.
1: Yes. Let's play on a woman's most primal fear in a science fiction show. Like, she couldn't have just been abducted. They. they why didn't
0: make it a whole kidnapping case? We have to be kidnapped. I mean, why it she is have an she to exciting be bound plot. and it is, gagged? Yeah, it like, is an exciting plot device to have it be a chase to try to get her in time. I think the issue is that you you made a pregnant woman climb into a trunk when you could have shown it in other ways.
1: Of course that's an issue, but it's also very, very extreme when like, this is just the beginning of the ways in which my beloved Scully has been re- reduced to a vessel mm-hmm. in this show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's worth mentioning. And this was my point that, Dwayne Berry is very much in control of his abduction, even in his state of helplessness. Yeah. He gets abducted in his bed at home, Mm. surrounded by a semblance of normalcy, while Scully's abduction literally reduces her to a rag doll who is like tossed around and transported and kidnapped and dragged across the floor in a bloodied mess with broken glass and trauma and violation, not only of the abduction itself, but of a man in her home. She's like this pawn, quote unquote, being taken care of, like Cigarette Smoking Man said in last episode in, in Sleepless. Yeah. Being bound and gagged and bloodied and stuffed in the back of a trunk. For what? For what? <laughs> you can have a chase scene and not literally reduce this woman to yeah. a doll. That's such a good point. Because it was done to Dwayne yeah. Berry.
0: Yep. Like that, those I parallels. That, I, yeah, I think that's what's most frustrating is that we see that they have the capability to to portray things in a way that leave their characters with autonomy and control. Even and Samantha they just Scully
1: sim- or Samantha Moulder, like, and they just simply don't was, do it. Yeah, like it seems. It seems a little bit like, mm-hmm. um, like the writers said. Jillian being pregnant was a massive fucking inconvenience for our show. So let's make this abduction plot line as elaborate and as much of a pain in the ass as possible.
0: Yep. Almost seems like that just a little bit. And, oh, and the fact that she's talked on in multiple interviews about how she kind of felt like it was her, like she was paying her dues by needing to yeah. work. That I have, I have the, the quote for you. Oh, great. For you later. That'd yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Like, it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Um, anyways, so Mulder's listening to the tape of his negotiation with Dwayne Barry over and over again and is getting clues and putting together where they're going. And he so magically does like he does with everything. And he figures out that they're going to Skyland Mountain.
1: Like, I just want to say, too, this might be pushing it, but I found it quite strange that Mulder printed out that zoomed in picture of Scully. and was staring at it. And was staring at it. guess motivation, like
0: you're going to get a clue from it. Right. But it's like, it was
1: so zoomed in that there's no, there's, I mean, what would you, Mm
0: -hmm. and he
1: was staring at it in a way that was like masturbatory, like making him like really want to find, like it was almost like, if I just stare at her being terrified, that'll make me want, that'll increase my drive to a point where like, I won't be able to sleep until I until I never have to see her make this face ever again. Yeah, you shouldn't as, have to look at a picture to feel that way. As if her trauma has to be tangible and visible for him to want to get the answers.
0: What it does for men. And specifically that's these writers. That's the fucking writers. ticket. Yeah. Exactly. It does, the trauma does need to be, that's the ticket. The tra- Oh my God, I literally, let me tell a story about my ex-boyfriend. Like, I remember, I have horrible, horrible cramps, right? Like, really debilitating have been for a long time and one time one morning i was not only having horrible cramps but i was hung over and so i was vomiting in the bathroom like i woke up really early and was throwing up and i felt horrible i crawled back into bed and he was like oh so you're gonna come like run these errands with me or whatever and i was like no i feel horrible like and he was like well you seem fine like and i was like just because you didn't see me throw up does that mean that i'm not sick do you want me to throw up on you do you not believe me but one time I, I was in a musical and we were doing some stuff and I, like, fell doing a number and I had a really big, like, dramatic-looking bruise on my thigh, which, like, mm. didn't hurt at all. It was just one of those, like, big ones that was dramatic. And we saw it and was like, oh, my God, are you okay? Do you need me to help you with this? Like, do you want me to go get you something? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, because – in like, for men, I think – I am making a big generalization, but for the men that I have experienced and these writers, it seems like if it's not tangible or visible, it's not, it doesn't matter. It's not real. And I think 95% of women's trauma is not tangible or visible. Absolutely. And I would just
1: say 95% of what women deal with, struggle with, have to face internal. on a daily basis, 95% of our oppression is something that is not tangible
0: or visible yeah
1: or visible like and 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 i would also say like there are men like when elizabeth warren came out saying that she was fired from her from her job because she was because she uh was pregnant there were men who literally didn't believe that that happened and like if you don't believe that a pregnant woman was fired from her job because she would eventually have to take off maternity leave, you haven't talked to any women ever about their experiences. It's the
0: same way that men don't believe about women about their assaults because they didn't exactly. see it happen. Exactly. And it's something inter- – like, it's not – there's not always evidence of it. It's so I mean, this fucked is up. Clearly,
1: yeah, this is clearly, like, a uh, – a branch of toxic masculinity and how that and how that's bred in men because that is absolutely the case.
0: Well, I think it's the like part of toxic masculinity masculinity that doesn't value emotional trauma as something that is still trauma. Mm-hmm. Because they don't explore that within themselves either, which is how they fucking absolutely. get to be toxic, to- toxically masculine. It's so fucked yeah. up. That's such a good point. I didn't even think about the fact that he printed out that picture was representative of that.
1: I thought that was so bizarre.
0: I thought it was weird, but I didn't think about it. That's such a good point. Thanks. I love you.
1: I love you more.
0: I think I think you're so amazing. I think you're so amazing. Like, truly, I really, really, really do. Every day. No, that's how I feel about like you. More every you. day. So him and Chrysler head out. We see Krychek on the phone telling somebody where they're going. And he says he'll hold them off until they locate her. And he says he'll be in touch. It's all very mysterious, but clearly he's bad. And then he's like, oh, wait, I got to go. He's coming. He's like, fuck, I got to go. He's a bad. like a foot behind him. He's a bad, bad guy. Yeah. Um, so Mulder comes out and they get in the car and they peel out. And then the whole time Cigarette Smoky Man was watching and like puffing on some cigs molder is um driving and he's fully falling asleep he almost crashes into a semi truck but his male e- ego says no i'm fine i want to keep driving mm. i'm fine like he was so mad my might- cry check was like we should switch and he's like no i'm like you literally almost crashed i might into a i might
1: die but i will find scully but i might die like, but i will find her
0: so it's that self-sacrificial bullshit that makes him think he's heroic because he's pushing past sleep when he literally doesn't have to somebody else will drive like i'm not gonna die because i'm gonna find scully but like i might but i might like i'm mm. like i'm
1: alive but i'm dead i'm alive but I, uh. <laughs> like i'm dead but i'm alive you know <laughs> yeah so it's <That's> Mulder.
0: um <laughs> I wrote he looks really hot and upset, um, and that I need to talk to my therapist about why I find disturbed, disheveled men so hot. I think that's something I need to explore within myself. Um, a little bit. So he's so
1: hot. He is really hot.
0: It's I love when he gets o'clock. upset and doesn't okay. shave. Like that's my I favorite. Think it's, no, 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 no,
1: no, no. But but is it so much that he gets upset, or is it just the fact that he has a five o'clock shadow? I think it's, and I think that you just like. I don't think you like clean-cut men as you're much correct. as you like a man with like some scruff is his arm
0: is his armani suit you know hurting the deal no absolutely but not. you're correct it is that i like a more disheveled looking man but then also like him yelling i find hot which is what i'd like to explore emotionally um maybe yeah <laughs> i mean i'll explore that
1: with you okay we'll cool. get to that
0: at least i'm not alone <laughs> um so <laughs> just, curly things. just girly things so they get there and the guy who runs the tram says that he saw Dwayne Barry, but made him go the back way because the tram just got new cables this guy's been in the show before right or at least he or he will be yes in the future, but I don't know yes where. I was just about to say that but I didn't want to sound crazy so I didn't say anything no yeah He's absolutely in the show again yeah he, I'm trying it's like on the tip of my brain tongue me too
1: all right let's see fuck that's not what I want shit he was in three episodes. He was an EBE ascension and then he's an unrequited. <gasps> he was the
0: truck driver in EBE. Yeah, yes. Um, so this guy very reluctantly met lets Mulder go up the tram. No the tram operator okay he Mulder's doesn't let like, him molder shows his Mulder's gun. like
1: i will literally kill you if you don't let me go up on this scale.
0: and the guy was like okay fine and then molder doesn't listen to a single rule that he gives him for his own safety i'm like you're not cool like- <laughs> for like putting yourself in danger unnecessarily if you die you're not gonna find her when the tram operator is like if you want to slow down and Mulder like psych later bitch he said bye then he goes don't go faster than 15 the very next clip is him cranking it past 30 <laughs> yeah and so and it's
1: so silly it's so silly because every single person who's like he does listen to scully oh yeah. she legitimately said not two episodes ago evidence means nothing if you're dead
0: yep did he forget that little nugget of information um so as Mulder's going up Crycheck knocks out the tram guy looking particularly evil why he does so. He kills him. He killed him?
1: Skinner says in his report later I'm not I'm like 85% positive that that ended up killing him.
0: He killed him?
1: I think so, yes.
0: Jesus Christ. Seems excessive. Um, I know. And then he stops the cart and he calls and he was like, "Yeah, I've got Mulder stalled." Um if you're afraid of heights, this whole sequence isn't for you. Absolutely Get on past it. Um, and then there's like clips of Scully listening in the car, um, which is all very unsettling. And she hears the car stop um, and Dwayne Barry get out. And then it cuts back to Mulder. So Mulder decides to climb out of the little box. I can't think of what that's called. The tram car? Yeah. Is that what it is?
1: a tram yeah I said I think a, a cable car cable a cable climb.
0: car okay he climbs out of the little cable car and um, when Krychek sees that he's doing that he turns it back on which is like a whole thing Anyways, M- Mulder it's eventually... Just, oh
1: it's, it's just really funny to me that Krychek thought he could stop Mulder from getting to the top of that mountain.
0: I was like, he clearly was deterred. He was going to fly next. That's like. what I
1: mean. Like He's like, my wife is up there. If you think I won't climb out of this cable car and literally scale the wires with my bare hands to get to the top, you don't yeah. know how much I love my wife. I-, I
0: know. The fact that he thought that he was just going to sit in the stalled cable car and be like, uh, guys, like clearly. Can anyone hear me on this radio? He was like, Oh no one can hear me. Sick. I'm going to climb. Like <laughs> hello <nope>. hello. <laughs> he starts singing telephone. <laughs> Anyways, Mulder eventually get makes it to the top where he finds Scully's car empty um with no one in sight and there's an absurd amount of blood. And like to imply <laughs> what there was a fight, like it's not necessary, which is exactly um, my point. And and then he finds Scully's necklace in the trunk.
1: Again, which is just like it, it 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 borders on torture porn. Absolutely, I don't understand. Like it's either because they didn't believe the trauma of abduction wouldn't be traumatic enough, so they the, added there has the to violence, be blood and violence. It's the same when yeah.
0: they when it was showing the crime scene at her home, there was literally a bunch of blood, and I'm like
1: exactly why or so it was audience based, like to to elicit that emotion out of the audience, yeah. or. It was just to further the guilty conscience of Mulder, which in turn completely takes away from her and makes it about what he could have done.
0: I think it was a combination of both, fully. So then there's this big light and a craft in the air and rumbling and Dwayne Barry laughing hysterically. And Scully's gone. Fuck Dwayne Barry. Yeah, literally. Mulder is on the verge of murder, um, understandably. He's yelling that they took her and then a helicopter shows up and you think it's a UFO for a minute, but it's not. Um, cut to Dwayne arrested and then gently giving him water, which just made me want to scream. Um, and Mulder's questioning him. Dwayne's yelling that like the men in the suits yeah. in the hallway know what happened and like to talk exactly. to them. Um, yeah. And then Mulder sees her hair like stuck in blood on his wrist and <laughs> he starts doing the like the the like did you hurt her did you hurt her and like choking him and like i need to i need to um analyze that within myself why that elicits such a strong reaction from me i literally wrote emily it's so hot i know it's fucked up because he's acting like scully was something of his possession but like it's so hot and i need help
1: it's so complicated but it's also like listen it goes back to the problematic daddy hierarchy, right? Uh, I know
0: the always.
1: whole. I know this whole, like, thing is made possible because Scully isn't here. But if Scully saw what Mulder was doing right now, she would have redacted.
0: <laughs> I also redacted.
1: I also redacted, and I just want to say, um, I think along with dks let us be responsible for making our own bad choices
0: (laughs) that's where i'm at honestly yeah (laughs) so i feel like him centering this trauma around himself hits a lot harder when they actually find her in the hospital um because this kind of franticness to find her is is pretty warranted holy shit i feel like absolutely like it hits harder when she's yes. there because at this point it's like she is gone and like that panic is is real like that's like this kind of reaction is pretty warranted absolutely. it's when she's in the hospital that he starts freaking out and hitting people when she's there go be there for her like i feel like that's where it, that's what i wrote exactly
1: absolutely i i was i was exact gonna say the exact same thing and i think that while i do think that his anger is absolutely warranted here he feels so helpless. He knows everyone is working against him. Like that was frustrating me as an as an yeah. audience member watching this, like knowing that like no one gave a shit, no one was believing him. Like she's gone. So that feeling was very warranted. He's rightly in like visceral pain over the reality that Scully right. could have been hurt or or worse. And then just worrying about what he knows about alien abductions coupled with the real possibility that she may have been abducted. Like, I think all of that is absolutely warranted. However, I do think this whole arc is kind of uh, intertwined with Mulder suffering from... Have you ever heard this, uh, this little saying it's like if he writes if he writes her a few sonnets he loves her if he writes her 300 sonnets mm. he loves sonnets yes. <gasps> that and i feel like he's suffering a little bit from oh, like a little bit of that my syndrome My God,
0: i haven't heard that saying but that applies to every relationship i've ever been in right like maybe not so much here but certainly in this arc, in, in this arc
1: wherein his anger over her abduction, over another woman in his life being taken overshadows yeah, the trauma that she experiences. Like his lust for yes, finding alien proof, abductions, all of that. The fact that she happens yep. to be involved in that overrides oh the God, actual exactly. situation and the actual trauma of the event for her.
0: You're a genius. So Mulder starts choking him. <sighs> I'll get into it. Um, And then he stops, and Mulder tells Crycheck not to let anybody in the room. So then we see a flash. like Mulder's looking at a light bulb, which, like, I don't know. And then we just, like, go into the light. And we see a flash of Scully laying on an operating table, lots of creepy lights and a sharp tool whirring down to her, Um, and then something sucking up her belly. And then we see real pregnant Jillian laying on the table, which is kind of sentimental. Like, she shouldn't have been at work, but... um kind of sentimental and then there's figures in the back that you can't tell if they're human or alien looking i I just want
1: to say jillian's belly period i I want to smother it in kisses also there's the briefest moment like as soon as they show her stomach you can see her hip bones and like wow wow my life flashed before my eyes (laughs) because I love her hip bones so much and like just thinking about the fact that they were literally cradling this child like god also yeah her eyes like Alexa play ocean eyes by Billie Eilish inserts ocean.eyes.mp3
0: so then we go back to Mulder it's all very disappointing I wish we could have stayed with her so back to Mulder being anxious in the FBI office He sees Krychek in there Talking to Dwayne Barry, and he beckons him out Like a disappointed father which again, Wait he also like I, He like does that beckoning that come hither Move with his finger vision. I need help Okay It's very strong help He's got very me, strong fingers I think fingers. I've fallen In love again Every time I get that feeling <laughs> I'm in trouble, I kid. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone listen to Joni Mitchell. I'm bright red. Okay, but on a real note, on a real
1: note, right? The- <sighs>
0: His tree trunk fingers.
1: Please stop. They're red. so, like this doesn't really feel like just doing it he- like nothing else moved. His two fingers. It was the moved.
0: isolation. <laughs> oh my god uh and then he yells at Krychek, and um he's and then Krychek is like you choked him and um then Dwayne actually starts choking and everyone gets there and he dies okay
1: this whole thing is so this whole part is so infuriating because first of all Crychek is just annoying like yes. he's an annoying villain he's an annoying actor he's an annoying man Yeah. and it's annoying it that he, He's working against Mulder and that manifests in literally hindering finding Scully.
0: Manifests in, in traumatizing her.
1: Like, it's just ultimately Cigarette smoking Man and Crycheck are annoying because their goal <laughs> is just to deter Mulder and they do that by torturing Scully. Like, oh, right. That's their big plan.
0: Yeah, so like, cut to Crycheck and Cigarette Smoky Man in the car talking. And Crycheck is like, why don't you just kill Mulder? And Smoky Man is like, that's not policy. And Crycheck is like, well after what you just had me do implying after what you just had me do to Scully and then cigarette smoking man is like it'll be a bigger deal if Mulder dies you know which
1: because one man's religion becomes a crusade which like what the fuck that means I don't know he doesn't
0: have friends if anything by killing Scully you're gonna make it a crusade because she actually has people who care about her
1: exactly and like honestly Dwayne Berry died if they killed him I don't give a shit no me either Die bitch.
0: Yeah, if that's what that was about, I don't give a fuck. Um so then Crychek says, What about Scully? And Cigarette Smoking Man goes, We've taken care of that, uh, but you have no right to know the details and you're only supposed to follow orders. And then Crycheck is like super angsty about it in the car. Cut to Scanner talking to Mulder about Dwayne's death, and he's saying and Mulder's saying that Duane was actually poisoned and that the military knows where Scully is and that's why they covered it up, and he's right.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that this whole scene is annoying too because it's 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 frustrating because how did this turn it again there's a suspect lack of concern for scully's disappearance right like and in this scene this somehow turns into an investigation over whether or not Mulder killed the man
0: who literally kidnapped scully it's like who cares she's still missing since when did the government give a shit about a suspect literally he's a white man so exactly i, I mean but care. still yeah no it's still like and, it's, I- and, and then some guy who's in the room is like why are you so paranoid Mulder?" and molder's like "Hmm, i don't know maybe because the love of my life was just taken and i've really been fucking things up with her lately and i really want to have sex with her and have a million babies and worship her and now i can't but what he says is that i have trust issues but that's what he means when he says i have trust issues that's what he means so Mulder goes to Crycheck and it's sad because he's actually starting to trust him, and he calls him Alex, and it's just like, ugh, yikes. Um, he borrows his car and goes to visit Sloppy Toppy. Yay! <laughs> so he doesn't get any info other than, yeah, the government is involved in this abduction and deny everything. Not that anybody's asking Mulder anything. So he, he gets in Crycheck's car and has a sad boy moment, BOI boy. Uh, very pouty puppy has some tears in his eyes and then he finds cigarettes in the ashtray and gasp there's cigarette smoking man's brand my brand <laughs>
1: As if he, like, wouldn't be able to smell smoke in the car. I know. And crycheck doesn't smoke, yeah, so that literally. would have given it away right away. Why does no
0: one clean out their ashtrays in this fucking show? Why is that the biggest no form one. of evidence that happens? I don't know. So then he gets pissed and goes to Skinner, um, still hasn't shaved, and he, like, leans his neck back at the moment. Um, anyways. He, the lighting
1: in this scene really does him justice, it, I'll say that. It's good
0: lighting. Um, he yeah. makes a really big allegation against crycheck and he's right about it. Um, but, of course, it sounds whack. And Skinner's like, baby boy, I can't protect you. So, you got to be careful out there. Um, and his clenched, with his clenched jaw. God. Bro, relax. I want Skinner to take an edible. Just loosen up. Seriously. Mulder then goes off about how they took Scully because she got too close to whatever they're trying to hide because she had hard, damning evidence. And lastly... Because her termination would prevent further involvement with Mulder and his work. Because, of course, it always ends up being about him. She is kidnapped and tested on and traumatized and nearly killed. And Mulder is still the center of the fucking narrative. She is simply collateral damage yeah. along his journey to the truth. Like, that's... That's a perfect way to describe it. That was my only note of substance. That's
1: the perfect way to describe it.
0: Um, so, basically, crycheck has gone off the map and disappeared. He just said, peace. And Skinner's weirdly really unbothered by this. Like he's, like he's like, that's all we can do. He's yeah, like, it doesn't seem suspect to me. No. He's like, you just gotta let it go, bro. And it's like, this is Scully's life. Like, are we just... That's what I mean. Is that the end of the investigation because you found the guy but I you know. didn't find her? Are we still not no looking? Nobody gives a shit. It's so fucked up. And then Skinner thinks he's making this big man move by reopening the X Files, even though it doesn't fucking matter at this point because Scully's right? still missing.
1: Right. Like, what does he mean that's what they fear the most? What does that mean? So now what, Mulder can like go look at his files again? I, I know. don't understand like, what that means. It
0: doesn't fucking matter. And so I, I know Mulder's making it about him, but at least he's the only one who actually realizes the gravity of her being kidnapped.
1: Literally, like, he get, he's on the verge of tears. I
0: know. And then he goes and talks to Maggie and informs her, which is nice because I feel like nobody was keeping her up to date totally. about what was happening. I said, I'd die for Maggie Scully. I just want to hug her. Oh. They have an emotional conversation, and Mulder gives her the cross necklace, and... Maggie talks about how she gave it to Scully on her 15th birthday, which they fuck up later in the plot, and they it's do not it on true. Christmas. true, yeah. Um, but whatever. And honestly, props to Scully for not losing it, because I lose jewelry all the time.
1: It's also, too, like, the the presence of Maggie in this episode is, like, kind of damning for the rest of how the episode is portrayed, because it's a weird contrast in in comparison to, like, the government conspiracy that's happening. Yep. Like, her daughter's gone. She was taken out of her home. Maggie has no idea what happened to her. And meanwhile, everyone inside the government is kind of just like, our hands are kind of tied right now.
0: And it's like, aren't they supposed to care extra when it's a federal agent? I don't.
1: Literally, that's what I, that is what I don't understand.
0: They're treating it. Not They should treat every case with as much gravity, but they're treating it like they normally treat every other case. Even exactly. less than. Yep. And so um, she gives the cross back to Mulder and says, when you find her, you give it to her, which is her being like, why don't stop looking? Why is anybody stopping looking? Um, and then Mulder goes back to the abduction site and looks at the stars, sadly, end of episode.
1: It's really cute to me too, because like, when Mulder asks Maggie why Scully wore the necklace, Maggie literally, her response basically says, um, she wore it because I gave it to her, and she loves me.
0: Literally, she's like, "I gave <laughs> like that's all It was a gift from me. That's why. Um, the fucking best. Woo! We did it.
1: I just want to say too. Can I like just talk about two things that I kind of like went into? Oh, of
0: course, please.
1: In this in this arc, which again, stevie and I will get more into. Yeah. You know, because these are evergreen. Yes. Truly, in this series. Um, but the introduction of two extremely problematic things, um, both on set and in the script. Yeah. And the first one is, of course, Jillian's pregnancy. And we've talked about it in the ep- and, you know, this whole time. But the fact that Jillian had to be stuffed in the back of a trunk and dragged across the floor and then returned to work 10 days after she gave birth Via major surgery as a penance for having put this show and the people who worked on it through the, the drama of her pregnancy mm-hmm. is literal abuse, yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't want to hear anyone say otherwise because anytime. Um, I see this show criticized. I see the treatment of Jillian criticized. There's always people who say, Chris Carter did everything that he could for her. Shut
0: up. You don't know you weren't there.
1: Chris Carter fought for her. Chris Carter didn't do shit. Why are you up a man's
0: ass who doesn't know you exist? Fucking let the internalized misogyny go, babe. Let it go.
1: Exactly. This alone is enough evidence to suggest that Chris Carter is a misogynistic piece of shit. There are countless other examples. And like workplace abuse is at the bottom of that list. Yep. <laughs> like that is that is how you know it's bad. And so in uh, this incredible list that someone put together of just all of the horrible mistreatments that Jillian faced... Yeah. They included a quote from um, the Complete X-Files book. And it was what, what I said. I had a quote oh, for yeah. you later. So in the this is the quote. In the Complete X-Files book, Jillian recounts telling producers about her pregnancy. She said, the onslaught that I got from people who were going, oh my God, you're going to ruin the series. And rightly so. It was a pretty cheeky thing at that particular time. Mm literally gaslighting herself because she wanted to start a family um so that's the one thing i think that her treat her mistreatment becomes more relevant of course in this episode but even more relevant in one breath when she comes back so we'll talk talk about about that more there there. i
0: think when we do that episode i'm gonna find the quote that she did recently in like one of the bbc interviews that she did like a few months ago where she was talking about that i want to find that quote
1: Mm-hmm. I'll do it for the yeah, next there's episode just I think a multitude of, of mistreatments that happened surrounding her return to the series after she had, had Piper. And it's like not on um, her
0: to speak out about those things. It's the way that it's not on people not. to speak out about their own abuse. It's about the people around them who are supposed to be like to fucking call out that shit.
1: Exactly. Well, it's, it's um, telling that Um, Jillian needed to take time off to give birth and they gave her 10 days and then when David Duchovny just decided he wasn't really in the mood to be in the show anymore and wanted to pursue other avenues that they literally wrote him out of an entire season
0: they also wrote around his wife giving birth exactly so that he could have time off to go.:
1: They also relocated because it was in his contract that they would relocate after five years.: it's Like she
0: was literally being shoved into a trunk nine months pregnant. she wasn't even getting paid as much as her other actor. And she thought that it was all
1: warranted, because I know. Who said she could start a family when she wanted?
0: Not Nobody thinks. It's like, women don't have autonomy over their body ever, even in these scenarios. It's like, oh, you still need to do it on our timeline. Exactly. I get that it can affect the show. I understand that, that it's something that they have to work to and address, but you don't make somebody guilty, feel guilty for making a decision about their body that is every they have every right to make. Exactly. Oh.
1: And that's why it's illegal to hire or treat someone differently based on their ability to reproduce. Because yep. of course, David was able to start his family whenever he wanted and that wouldn't have impacted his career in any way, shape, and or form. But because Jillian was the one carrying and giving birth, that impacted her career and her ability to be present for work.
0: It's like, I've seen quotes where she's talked about, I don't know if I could find it because I don't remember where I read it, but where she talks about how like the camera guys like used to joke and like say like, oh, we need an extra wide lens, like making her feel like shit because her body was changing. And like how on earth could she feel comfortable just not even just being on set, like every part of her pregnancy was a burden and something that people had to adjust to how do you not internalize that especially if you're 25 26 and on your first serious job like oh my god that's the thing there's like the actual very legal abuse
1: that she faced and mistreatment that she faced and then there's the things like that and there's the thing and there's the harassment like Mm -hmm. how they You know, Stevie and I talked about, and again, we'll talk about this more with One Breath. But like, Stevie and I talked about how the reality of like the anecdote that they renamed One Breath to One Breast because Jillian's boobs were so big because she was breastfeeding, (sighs) and the reality of that anecdote being that it was probably a ninety-five percent male Set. set, yeah, all joking about Jillian's tits because she was breastfeeding. That's not funny.
0: Nope.
1: Like. And what was she supposed to do aside from sit there and laugh along with them?
0: Exactly. What do you do? Like, that's survival. It's, it's, you can't be bothered by that when you're in it. So that was the one thing, like, on set, obviously.
1: Right. And then the second thing is, like, Scully's punishment within the script. Yeah. And um, there's, been, there's been a couple references, but the most recent one that I saw was on Tumblr to Andy Zeisler's feminism and pop culture passage on the woman's film. Mm-hmm um that genre and um the person who put this in who put this on tumblr included a quote from the book and um it said it it basically talked about um this woman's film genre that was produced during the hayes production code years that severely restricted women's roles and punished them for sex or for just Mm -hmm. attempting to be seen as fully human right and the book writes Quote, you can't have it all. And if you're uppity enough to think you can, you'll be punished for it. In women's pictures, the protagonists find love, but they have to lose their children for it. They're financially successful, but their children resent them. They have wonderful lives, but they die young of brain tumors. Women are punished for being martyrs, but punished too when they refuse to be. And so that is Scully's journey clearly chris carter was taking notes <laughs> and so in the same way that scully was unable to have sex for pleasure at any point during the series where it always ended up in it ended in violence or it was seen from the male gaze or it ended in pregnancy mm-hmm. she's unable to be good at her job without the same punishment yep brain cancer that's fatal the inability to have children as a result of medical rape and the removal of her ova and the trauma of just simply being kidnapped.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, of course, the reality of like her being too good at her job that led her to be forced into submission to men, to Dwayne Barry, to the government, to whoever abducted her. And Stevie and I talked about this yesterday as well, and just the reality that she was given the authority in finding out what the chip was that they took out of Dwayne. Mm-hmm. But that ultimately turns into her being forced to face the trauma that she will eventually be the victim of.
0: Yeah, it's like sick to watch somebody investigating something that's going to happen to them.
1: Exactly, and like all because she got too close and the thing she got too close to will, and in fact, eventually we we find out, be put in her to kill her. And this is the start of all of that. Yep. Yep. Ascension can only have a, a couple of rights because of the vibes. But like just as a treat.
0: Just just as a treat. That's it. <sighs> yep. Nothing and else. and Dwayne Barry only that's has it. um Scully Looking Beautiful and um David DeGarney's cock. And that's it. That's it. So the journey begins here. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for next episode. Um, oh boy. I'm already mad
1: about it. David Duchovny shoving his tongue down his actual real-life girlfriend's throat.
0: That is the only saving grace. I don't even know if
1: that's a saving grace. Yeah, I really don't know because about
0: it. I feel like it overwhelms, so I can't identify if the feeling's good or bad.
1: Outside of, like, out of context, it's amazing, fantastic, we love everything about it. But, like, in <laughs> the context of the show, fuck that scene. Fuck. fuck that he was able to do that. Yep. Scully should have been the one fucking a vampire.
0: Well, and I just want everyone to pay close attention to what happens to Mulder when he has a one-night stand and just keep that in mind for later when Scully has her time. Wow, what a journey. I can't believe we did it i know that feels
1: good yeah it feels good to be in the in the thick of it
0: and it does now because i feel like we've been like inching towards it we've been like so like itching to like fully talk about it and so it's nice to be able to and i just want to say that you did such a beautiful job explaining everything and i feel so lucky to listen to you on a daily basis truly and you're i love your mind right back at you i love you i love you more and that's the episode Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Catch you on the flip side, on on this X Clouds. Bye.